Hey, next week, uh, we are beginning a series uh, that's kind of unique because we haven't done like a series like this in a long time because last year in 2023, we just preached through the New Testament. It was like one year long series, it was epic. But next week, we're gonna begin a new series called, ready? If Jesus, if Jesus. I'm gonna share a little bit more about that, of course, next week, but you'll see right on the byline there, it's all about finding freedom from fear, from anxiety, and from sin. Three things that I think are plaguing not only our lives, but our, our society, our culture, our families, our, the people that we love, our, our, our neighbors, right? So listen, next week, I invite you to come. I really encourage you to bring a friend. I think it's gonna be a really great several weeks as we walk through this together. And uh, so that's next week. But, and I was, I was thinking that we might have even started that series this week. But I felt we needed a prequel message to prepare our hearts for where God is leading us into 2024 and the seasons ahead. So this week I'm bringing a prequel to the series that we're gonna begin next week. And today's message is simply entitled, Thinking About Jesus. Thinking About Jesus. Do you remember what you used to think about Jesus? What did you use, what did you like, if you can go back in your, in your mind, some of you maybe that have walked with the Lord for a long time, man, you may have to go way back, right? What did you used to think about Jesus? And some of you are like, I'm still trying to figure this out. I mean, people have a lot of different thoughts about Jesus. I mean, some people try to think of him as little as possible, right? It's like, man, it just freaks me out trying to think about God. And it's like, they, they just think as little as possible. Other people think of him as really, really angry, maybe vindictive. Any little thing that like goes wrong in, you know, in my story, he's like looking to zap me with lightning bolts. Other people think, no, 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 he, he was a really good, wise teacher, maybe even a prophet of sorts, you know, kind of on the same footing as other religious leaders and icons. And I think Jesus was one of those guys, right? Other people think that Jesus is like the genie in the bottle, right? If I pray just the right way, if I rub that lamp just the right way, then Jesus is gonna do something cool for me and he'll grant a wish or you know, make something come true, all my dreams come true. Lots of different thoughts about Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself talked about this. He, he asked his, his friends, he said, hey, hey, who do people think that I am? Now they've been walking for, you know, with him for a while. Three of the gospels actually include this little story, this little vignette and and so they're saying, hey, some believe you're actually John the Baptist, like back from the dead. You know, Herod had whopped off the head of John the Baptist, but now people are saying, man, we think John the Baptist is, is here and this guy. And some people think that. He said, some people think that you're Elijah, like, you know, one of the Old Testament amazing men of God, and that somehow Elijah has come back and, and here he is. He said, they said, some people think that you're Jeremiah, 
another Old Testament prophet, or you know, just you're a prophet. Okay. So then Jesus turns to him and said, But who do you say that I am? In other words, he was asking him, What do you think about me? And it was Peter who responded by saying this You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What you think about Jesus matters. And Jesus responds to Peter saying, hey, listen, you, you don't know this because somebody taught you this, because some other person like told you who I was. He said that God himself, the Father has revealed this to you. You know what we need? We need a revelation about Jesus because what we believe about Jesus, what we think about Jesus is the single most defining factor of our entire lives. Say that again. What we think about Jesus is the single most defining factor of our entire lives. Beyond that, it's the most single defining factor of our eternity. So we want to get this right. What do we think about Jesus? Now, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the biggest part of our New Testament, he wrote a lot about this, about like what, what people think about Jesus. And so today we're gonna be looking at one passage where it kind of goes a little bit more in depth. We're gonna be hitting some different things that the Apostle Paul is helping us to understand that what you think about Jesus is really, really important. And he's, he's sharing us kind of, kind of this, this mental picture about wins and losses, and, and I want you to put, put up that graphic right there. All of us have a win column and a, and a loss column in our mind. And this just isn't about the Raiders, okay? Sorry. All of us, all of us in our minds have like a win column and a loss column, kind of like how we categorize things in our life. Like if you think back, all the way to 2023, right? If you just think back a week ago or so, but you, as you reflect on 2023, wins or losses? How about relationships in 2023? Win column or loss column? Those of you that are married, right? Wins or losses? What about your bank account? Wins or losses? What about your health? right? Wins or losses? What do you, what do you think about your, your mental health? Your, you know, your emotions and your, your just kind of what goes on, your mental activity. You know, was it a win? Or man, was it, was it hard? Was it, you know, losses? It's, I think it's, it's a very natural thing for us to think in these kinds of terms because it helps us track, am I advancing in these areas or am I losing ground? Am I advancing or am I losing ground? Wins or losses? The apostle Paul takes this idea of like wins and losses and he, he, he says, he's writing to his friends in the city of Philippi, right? It said in the book of Philippians and we're gonna be looking at chapter three. But he uses this idea of wins and losses to say, listen, I used to think one way about what were wins in my life then now I think entirely differently. I have this whole, he's t- 
telling them about the massive shift in his thinking. Everybody say thinking. The massive shift in his thinking about Jesus. You ready to dive in? Starting in verse seven, verse seven and eight. He says, whatever were gains to me, everybody say gains. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss when compared to the infinite value. Some scriptures you may be reading say the the surpassing worth. But I like this, this idea of an infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Let me just sum this up really, really easily. Paul said, I've had this shift in my thinking. And it's about Jesus. I want you to notice this. We're gonna keep this scripture up here for a moment. Do you notice that he doesn't say God here? He says Jesus. He doesn't just say God. Like, you know, all, you know, a lot of people think that, okay, maybe there is a God. Maybe he's knowable. I'm not quite sure. Paul is getting right down to it here when he says, listen, Jesus is who I'm talking about. Jesus is God. He is the son of God. But listen, when you understand who Jesus is, scripture tells us that he was the full embodiment of God in human form. The full embodiment of God. There was, there was nothing God-ish that wasn't in Jesus. There, there was no knowledge, no power, no, no love, no mission that is outside of God himself. It is all found in the person of Jesus. So he says, I consider everything else a loss when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, hold on now, my Lord. In other words, when he encountered Jesus, he had this shift in thinking when he made Jesus his Lord. Jesus became everything to him. Jesus became his win. Go ahead and put up this next little graphic here. This, is, this sums up what we just read. This was the shift that he had. That Jesus is my win. When I think about wins and losses, Paul is saying, Jesus has become my win and in comparison, everything else is a loss. Everything else in my whole story becomes a loss in comparison to the win of Jesus. Now, you're like, wow, what a, really? Like my family, my marriage, my job, my bank account, my health, whatever. Listen, think about this for a moment. 
Here's what Paul is saying, because it really is a comparison. He's, he's not saying that those things don't matter. But in comparison to Jesus, everything else is lost, meaning this. If I were to lose my health, which eventually that all kind of catches up with all of us, if I were to lose my health, if I were to lose my job, if I were to lose my house, but I still have Jesus, I win. Do you see what he's saying? Marriages. What, 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 if, what if my spouse were, were to, I don't know, you know, go to heaven before me? That happens, you know, every couple, you know, most couples don't die together. What happens? If I have Jesus, Paul says, I'm winning. No matter what happens in my circumstance, no matter what happens in other places in my story, if I have Jesus, I'm winning. Because if I have every one of those other things, if I have a cool marriage, a great job, a flashy car, a beautiful house, nicest house in all of Santa Maria, but I don't have Jesus, I'm losing. That's what he's saying here. There's this shift in his thinking that starts with this idea that whatever were gains to me before, I now consider them a loss. Does that make sense? And then he goes even further. He, he like, okay, Paul. Are you sure? He goes on even further because then he says this, continuing in verse eight and into verse nine, he says, I consider them garbage. Garbage. But not just, I don't just put them in the loss category. I put them in the garbage category. That I may gain Christ. So that Jesus is my win. Everything else in comparison is garbage. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law something that David and Judy were kind of referencing during our time of communion, the old covenant versus the new covenant. The old covenant, people had to work for their place of favor with God. They had to follow all of these things to the letter of the law or else they were out of sorts with God. Jesus came and what we celebrated today when communion is that Jesus took upon himself all of the penalty, all of the sin, all of our human brokenness and gives us wholeness and freedom instead. And he said, Whew, if I gain that, then I've got everything. Then I am winning and in comparison, everything else is garbage because I don't have a righteousness that comes from my own. I can't work hard enough to get my own righteousness. But that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on a basis of faith. By trusting in Jesus, putting my faith in him, everything changes. And in comparison, everything else is garbage. And you're like, that's a pretty strong word there, Paul. Actually, if you look into that word, it's translated in, in most of our Bibles as garbage, right? I compare them. But you know what the translators could have used? Because that same word is used for like dung. 
poop. It's like, okay, Paul, seriously? Like everything else and compared to Jesus is like poop. It's like garbage. It's like refuse. It's like filth. Well, I don't know about your story, but when I think even back to my story, and I grew up knowing Jesus. I did. I, and I surrendered my life to Jesus, gave, responded to the gospel when I was very, very, very young. I've shared that story before. I knew him, but he didn't have all of me yet, right? There were parts of my life that were still, I, I was working stuff out as a kid, as a teenager. I was working some things out. He did not yet have all of me. When I think back to those parts of my story, those are some, some poopy parts, like filthy, like things in my brain, things that I would give my mind over to and sometimes my body over to. How about you? Do you have things in your story that stink? Right? That's what Paul is saying here. Listen, when we understand who Jesus is, when we reorient our thinking about Jesus, that he is God, and I am making him my Lord so that all righteousness can be mine, all freedom can be mine because of him. Everything else in comparison, the bad and even the good, compared to Jesus, it all smells like poop. He says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. All of those old things are worthless in comparison to having Jesus as my savior, as my Lord. None of those other things would bring me into right relationship with God. Only Jesus could do that. And only Jesus did that. He did it for me. So Jesus is my win and everything else goes into this garbagey loss column. And then he goes on further to describe this win in even greater detail. Verses 10 and 11 of Philippians 3, he says this. He says, I want to know Christ. Mm. Listen, let's just pause right there. I want to know him. Jesus, I want to know you. Again, this has to do with our thinking. How we think about Jesus is the most important, single, determining factor of our entire lives, what we think about Jesus. And Paul is saying, Jesus, I want to know you so deeply, so profoundly that my thoughts about you are just well, one, they're true, that they're accurate, that I'm not having some warped, distorted picture about who you are, but I wanna know all about you. This is one of the reasons, friends, that as a church family, that we are committed to reading through the New Testament each year. Why? Because like Paul, I wanna know Jesus. I don't wanna forget Jesus. I wanna see him as he truly is and not just some like social media, blah, 
presentation, somebody's, somebody's idea. No, I want to go to the source. So that's why we're reading through the New Testament. Hopefully you started with us again this past week in Luke. I'm telling you, I saw things this week that I've never seen before about Jesus and how he works in our lives. But I'm not going to tell you what they are. <laughs> At least until next Christmas. I've already got some notes, man. Oh my gosh, do you see this? This is so cool. I want to know Christ, Paul says. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. What? Like, I want to know him fully. I want to walk my life like Jesus walked his life. So I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and even through the suffering that we experience here on earth, the way that Jesus did. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Here's what he's saying about the win. The win is knowing Jesus and experiencing his resurrection life. His re when he says, I wanna experience like even like the death of Jesus, he's, he's speaking in what we did today in participating in communion, right? Remembering, knowing all that he did for me. That he died so that I don't have to die. He died so that his death would take on my death. I wanna participate in that. When Jesus died, he was dying for me. I'm included on the cross. That's what we see in scripture. And so that's what Paul is referencing here. Becoming like him in his death. Whole, free, forgiven. Whew. I want you to see something here. <clears throat> as they keep the scripture up here, that he talks about resurrection twice. He talks about it first, like, I wanna know Christ, I wanna know the power of his resurrection. Then later on, he says, like down at the bottom, somehow attaining resurrection from the dead. I want you to see something, because this is powerful about the win. You ready? One, we can know the power of the, of the, resur the resurrection power of Jesus right here and right now. Like we don't have to wait someday till we die. This is good news. This is not just good news for someday when I'm dead. This is good news for today. You catching this? This resurrection power isn't just for someday when I die. This is resurrection power for today, right now, to empower my life. His resurrection power. Any area of my life or my story that has death in it. Anything that I thought was dead and gone, Jesus wants to breathe his resurrection life and power into. Any relationship that is like so far gone or so far broken and we thought there was no hope there. Jesus said, no, my resurrection life and my resurrection power is for you to experience now. 
to animate something that is dead. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your purpose, your mission. Maybe it's, maybe it's your, your mind and, and how just darkness has kind of crept in and with just anxiety and depression and, and, and fears. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. My resurrection power is enough to touch those areas. My power is sufficient to address all those things of darkness or brokenness. Resurrection power of Jesus for us now. I want to know it, Jesus. I want to know it. I want to know you, and I want to know all this power in my story. And Paul did. But check this out. There's more. Because not only do we get that resurrection life in us today, friends, we get it tomorrow. Because those who have surrendered their life to Jesus, those who have said, Jesus, I make you my Lord, we don't only get his touch on our story today. We do get it tomorrow. We do get it forever. This everlasting life starts now but goes forever. That's good news. That's the gospel. That's the win, friends, that he's talking about. When you get that in your soul, when you like really know that that's what it's all about, I'm telling you, I'm winning. I'm winning because of Jesus. Even if I lose everything else, I am winning. So good. Praise the Lord. So, now he goes on to describe some of how this happens. How do we get this shift to like begin? Because my wins and losses are still a little bit wonky compared to what Paul is saying. I still think about things of this world, you know, as wins, and I'm not sure if I get all this. And so Paul presses in a little deeper. In verses 13 and 14, he says this. Forgetting, everyone say forgetting. forgetting. What is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Two things Paul's saying here that he's doing. Forgetting, on one, on one hand, he's forgetting, and on the other hand, he's pressing forward. He's actively doing two different things. When he says he's forgetting, he's not saying that somehow he has spiritual amnesia. Okay? When he says forgetting, it's not like spiritual amnesia like, oh my gosh, I can't remember what I did last night. Um, I don't know, was I drunk? Was I watching something I should? I don't know. He's not saying like, forget, forget. He's saying something a little different. He's, he's talking about actively choosing to put those things of my past. Actively choosing to put those things that are in my past so far in the rear view mirror of my life that they do not have any bearing on my future. That those things are not going to influence me any longer. I'm, no, I'm forgetting those things. 
I am putting those things way behind me so that they cannot influence my today and my tomorrow. Those are in the past. Forget you. I think there's a, an old CeeLo song. Forget you. Um, he's saying forget. And then also press on. But this forgetting is important. And, and it's, Jesus talked about forgetting. He said, listen, if anybody puts their hand to the plow and looks back, that is Jesus, this is God talking. He says, if you even like put your hand to the plow, like, yes, Jesus, I'm joining you on mission. I'm, I'm in it to win it. And he says, if any of you put your hand to the plow and look back, he says, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, snap. If we had time, we'd go back to Lot. Sodom and Gomorrah story and his wife. And it's like, oh man, don't look back. Trouble, don't look back. Leave that behind. Jesus said, listen, if you, don't, if you don't look back, I mean, if you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom because I have something different for you. And so Paul is saying, yes, I am forgetting those. I am not looking back anymore. So I don't want those things to have influence. But he said, instead, I am pressing forward into the things that God has for me because he has more. He says there's a prize. Now he doesn't fully like get into like defining that prize and I'm thankful because you know what? One, we know that there's ultimately a prize for us. It's heaven. I love, I love that word that's chosen here. This, is out of, this word is out of the NIV where he says that God has called me heavenward. What a, cool word, what a cool word that is. I almost thought like, man, I should get like a t-shirt printed for today that says heavenward. It's such a beautiful word. Like it's how I'm leaning. Where, where are you going? I'm heavenward. Like I think this is a cool word. I've never seen that or thought about that before. Heavenward. It's how we're moving. It's the direction of my life. I'm just, I'm going heavenward, right? It's so beautiful. But I think that there's more than that. What, what he is alluding here to is I press on toward the goal to win this prize. In the beginning part of the verse, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. There is something more that God has for you that you will not get if you are not pressing. If you're not God, here I come. Yes. Like I, I've been doing a little bit of workout in the past days. Like I've been sick all December, if you remember bronchitis. You can still hear a little rattle in my, my throat, I, but I'm good. But so kind of like after Christmas, I started like doing a little working out again. And you know what? It feels good. I, I like doing that actually. Bought myself a new little piece of workout equipment. And like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna I don't want to derail the whole message. But it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a rowing machine. It's like an, it's an old school rowing machine. It's pretty darn cool, right? And uh, so even this morning, I get up and I like get, get on that thing and I'm just, just working it. It feels, you know what I'm doing, you guys? I'm pressing. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm allowing my body to feel a little bit of strain because there is something that I want to attain. I want to, just, I want to be healthy, Right? 
I, wanna, I just want to be healthy. I turned 60 this year. I want to be a healthy 60-year-old. As healthy as I can be, right? I'm going like, to die on you. Because I wasn't doing a little bit of straining. I wasn't pressing in. But you know, what's, but you know what my, my physical health, like Paul's saying? Listen, compared to Jesus, it's garbage. Paul says somewhere else, like, hey, physical training, Timothy, is like, that's important, but not as important as Jesus. Okay, get your priorities right. So when I'm doing my 260, when I'm like in God's word, you know what I'm doing? I'm pressing in. I'm pushing, I'm, I'm straining forward because God, you have more for me. You have more for me today than, than I knew yesterday. Are you straining? Are you pressing? Listen, guys, I wanted to bring this message the beginning of 2024 because this is the first Sunday of a new year. We got 52 of these Sundays, but today's number one. And I want to call you to something. Will you press in this year? Some need to do some forgetting. Put some of that garbage way back, way further in your rearview mirror. Don't turn around. Quit looking at that. Quit texting that girl. Quit going back into that bar where you used to like party. Some need to just like forget, like put those things behind you and start pressing in. Press in. Press into his word. Press into worship. Press into each other. Next week is when we're planning on like releasing the information. Like, hey, we've got these like groups that meet. We just call them 260 groups where we, we're meeting together to, to talk about Jesus and what we're seeing in his word. I'm gonna press you to press in to a group. It's like once a week, just get together Say, hey, what are you discovering? Here's what I'm saying. I have some questions. Maybe we can talk about some of this stuff. I've, I'm thinking that God may be pressing me to lead a group. I don't know. You, not all of you are invited. <laughs> more, more on that next week. But we're gonna have a bunch of groups. There's a number of them. Press in to take hold of the very reason why God has taken hold of you. Can we wrap this up? <clears throat> Last thing. <clears throat> it's a little bit comical. I love the way that Paul says this. It's, it's funny, actually. <clears throat> it's in verse, um, I think it's 15. Can you put up, flip, there we go. Verse 15, when he says this. He says, all of us then, who are mature, say mature. Some of you didn't say mature. You're immature. The office then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, uh, that too, God's gonna make clear to you. <laughs> Paul is so confident in this, he said, yeah, if you think differently about what I've been talking about, yeah, you're, it's showing a little spiritual immaturity on your part. God, okay, okay, Paul. 
It's hard for me to say that as a pastor. But hey, my, my boy Paul, he's saying, if you're mature, if you've got spiritual maturity, you're gonna understand these things that I'm talking to you about right here. So what has he been talking about? And this is, I just wanna summarize three things that Paul is saying, that if we are spiritually mature, like we're pressing into these things. Listen, these are three things that Paul has been talking to us about here. Number one, Jesus is my win. And in comparison, everything else is a loss. Spiritually immature people don't get that. Spiritually immature people, it's not, not that like, they haven't like, you know, had that time when they express their faith in Jesus. But spiritually immature people are still wrestling with, is Jesus really number one? Is he really the win? Is everything else in comparison, like in the lost category? Spiritually mature people get this. And it changes everything. Jesus doesn't want just part of your life. He wants it all. Jesus doesn't want just part of your life, friends. He doesn't want just Sunday mornings. He wants all of your life. I could start preaching, but I'm gonna move on. Number two, he says that spiritually mature people recognize this. They, they, they know this. They, they're think, when they think about Jesus, they're thinking this. That Jesus' resurrection power, both in this life and in the next, is better than any win the world could offer. Like there is no other win, you guys, except the power of God to free me, set on, to empower me, to allow me to touch others, touch other situations in his name and see his power and his life extended. There's nothing better, there's no greater win than that either today and in the next life. Yesterday, I had an opportunity to participate in a really special service for a friend of mine, Adrian Castillo, who passed away in the, in the last weeks. <laughs> I know Adrian is saying, man, Jesus' resurrection power, it's what it's all about. It's the win. And nothing that the world could offer is gonna provide that in my life. In other words, stop chasing after other wins because you're not gonna find them. Stop chasing after other wins. Spiritually mature people understand that. I'm not gonna chase after money. I'm not gonna chase after women. I'm gonna chase after guys. I'm gonna chase after all these other things because they're not the win. Then the third thing, last thing is that Jesus has more for me. Jesus has more for me that I must press into by letting go of my past. Jesus has more, not just in heaven, but as I press heavenward, oh man, 
as I set the trajectory of my life toward heaven and I'm pressing in day by day. Listen, if you are moving heavenward, think of all the cool things that you're gonna experience on the journey before you get there. I hope you're picking up what I'm dropping here. What Paul dropped. If you, if the trajectory, meaning like the direction of your life is set on heaven and like I am moving heavenward, think of all the amazing experiences that you're gonna have. Think of all the conversations you're gonna have uh, that are way different than if you were, I don't know what's different than heavenward. Hellward? Uh, <laughs> a lot of you know what it's like to experience life in a hellward direction. Paul says, no, I'm forgetting that. Putting that on my back. I am moving now heavenward. So all the relationships that I get to experience as I move heavenward, all the conversations that I'm gonna have, all of the, just these power encounters, all the healing that I'm gonna be able to witness, all of the things that like make life exciting and make life good. He has for us as we set our hearts heavenward. And all God's spiritually mature people said, amen. Amen. Jesus is my win. His resurrection power is available to me, not just when I die, but now. And I've got to press into these things because he has more for me. He has more. He has more for you in 2024 than he did in 2023. He's got more for you. Even right now, make decisions now. God, I'm gonna press in. God, I, I need to get some of those things way back behind me so that they are no longer influencing me. I'm gonna forget them, Lord. And your grace and your power. Let's pray. I'd like our ministry team to come up right now. Join me. God, I am so grateful for your word and I'm so grateful for your resurrection power. So grateful, Lord, because it is life. It shows us so clearly who you are and how you call us to live as we're pressing in toward you. So God, I call us as a church family this year, Lord, to press in further than we ever have. Lord, I pray right now for my friends. Your eyes are closed, you guys, but my eyes are open. And I'm looking right into the camera. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you online. I know some of you. I am praying that God will open your eyes even further about what he has for you. And I'm calling you to press in to take hold of it. If that means leaving some things behind that you need to put in the rear view mirror of your story and step on the gas and like you need to separate yourself from those things. Listen, I don't need to tell you what those things are. God's gonna show you what those are. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. (laughs) It's time to break free. Forget them. And press in to take hold because God has so much for you. So God, we set our hearts for 2024 heavenward. 
in this direction. We are pressing in toward you. But we're not waiting till we get to heaven to experience all that you have for us. We get that now and we get it together. In Jesus' name. Listen, friends, if somewhere along these last minutes of conversation, maybe about wins or losses or whatever, you're just coming to a point of recognizing, I don't know that Jesus. I've had lots of thoughts about Jesus when I think about Jesus, but I've never thought about him in those terms. And I today want to go on a record that I am making Jesus my win and I'm putting everything else second. Everything else I'm shifting to a whole different category. I wanna make Jesus my number one. I wanna make him my win. I want to make, like Paul said, I wanna make Jesus my Lord. Don't wait another week. Don't wait any deeper into a new year. Say that today. Make that choice. Press in. Take hold. And if that's you right here, right now, man, I just, no one else looking around, keep your eyes closed, so just give people a moment, right? But I'm here with you, and I want you to just look up at me, and I want you to wave and say, Pastor, that is me today. I am making that choice today to step in to a new year, a new season, to... I am pressing in. I want you to make eye contact with me. Look up at me. Give me a wave. Yes. Yeah. Jesus is the win. Yes. Amen. Anybody else? I've I've not made eye contact with you. I want to make eye contact with you. Yes. He's your win. Yes. Yes. Jesus, you're my Lord, my win. Amen. Amen. Listen, friends, you will never regret making Jesus number one, pressing into him, setting your life heavenward. He has so much for you. And I'm excited that we get to discover some of that together. Together. Jesus bless you and keep you. Oh, I know that his face is shining upon you. And this week, would you go in peace and go in his resurrection power? In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, you're gonna find it right here. If there's anything you need to get past and forget, come and receive prayer ministry. Love you, friends. Have a great week.